Okay, welcome to another episode of the County Business Sports Podcast, where we'll be conversing with the great and the good from the world of sport and business about, uh, well, everything about sport in Sussex, from foot golf to fencing, from wakeboarding to powerlifting. Yeah, got that one in. And everything in between. We'll be sure to cover it asking our guests what makes them tick and why business and sport go hand in hand. The podcast is sponsored by James Ross Jewelers, family jewelers in Sussex for generations. Now, obviously, I couldn't do this alone. As always, um, I'm delighted. I'm joined by the real sports expert, Stato himself, SBT Sports Editor, Lawrence Selfick. How you doing, Loza? Morning. I'm all right. I'm good. You? Mate, very well. Buzzing to be back in the studio with you, mate. Absolutely. It's been a, been a little while. It's been a little while. So, no, it's great to be here. And look, why don't you start by introducing our, our next guest? Well, I'm delighted to welcome to the studio uh, the one and only um, Anila Rose, from Rose Media PR. Um, we'll come on to your sport in just a second, but it's it's delight, delightful to have you in the studio. How are you? I am great. Thank you very much for inviting me here today. It's actually brilliant to be here. Good for you. What a Good great setup you. you have here as well. Thank you, yeah. This is this is my happy place. I'm not yeah. gonna I can <laughs> see you with a great big smile on your face, <laughs> Cheshire <laughs> grins. <laughs> Bless you. We, 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 we've got this going as a sports podcast every month. Um, so we've brought you in because I know, obviously, you've got an affiliation in quite a big way to a particular sport. And Sam alluded to it just now. Not only are you the founder of a very successful PR company, um, but you are also a British powerlifting champion. Am I correct? You are correct. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. <laughs> so slightly scary, Sam, we've, we've got to be on our best behaviour because she can probably lift both of us together. <laughs> um, play, play. Uh, um, bless you. Nice to have you along. Um, Thank you. But powerlifting, powerlifting, it's, it's not every day we, we even meet someone who does this sort of thing. So tell me how this came about how it came about yeah it's like I get asked this quite quite a lot as you can imagine because I'm probably not your typical um I don't know kind of muscular big heavy weight lifting type of person I suppose that's what people kind of kind of say to me which is which is fair enough because that's how I felt about it years ago um regarding weightlifting, bodybuilding and powerlifting and they're three very different disciplines as well which I can come on to in a moment but yeah it kind of happened by chance actually it's not something that I kind of planned to get into. And it actually happened through injuring myself, uh, participating in another sport. So, yeah, really interesting how this happened. So um, I kind of just rewinding slightly. I'll just come on to that in a moment. Rewinding slightly. At school, um, I represented the county in javelin throwing. Um, I was actually oh, very right. good in chucking a spear, believe it or not. <laughs> and um, when I left school, um, I kind of left that behind, as a lot of us do, don't we? We yeah. kind of get into sport, and then when we leave school, yeah. we don't do it ever again. And that's what happened to me. But when I was at school, I wanted to be in the Olympics. Javelin throwing. Tessa Sanderson, Fatima yeah, Whitbread. Do you remember sure. remember oh, those icons yeah. of the right, 80s right, and yeah. 90s? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think we're probably all similar, similar age, 80s yeah, and yeah. 90s kids. So Tessa Sanderson, for me, and Fatima Whitbread were my absolute heroines of the day and I wanted to uh, be like them and so um, I um, kind of you know did the javelin at school then kind of it, it kind of just dissipated and I didn't do it when I left school then what happened in 2012 the Olympics, the Olympics the came Olympics, to yes. London and I was just beside myself. <laughs> and it was actually my late father who said to me, Anila, are you watching the javelin? You've got to get your javelin back out because I got, got my own javelins. Get your jab you need to start throwing again. And I remember saying to dad, <laughs> dad, I'm in my 40s. I've not done this for like decades. What do you mean? Just do it, Anila. Just do it. So I did. I actually chucked my javelin in my back garden. Right. Kind of wow. nearly speared my children, but you know, <laughs> gave it a go. <laughs> And um, the neighbour, the neighbour, yeah. Um, and um, my husband saw the look on my face, and he said, "Anila, you have so got to take javelin back up." Anyway, I ended up tweeting Tessa Sanderson. Believe it or not, she replied. Wow. She said she didn't offer javelin coaching, but she knew of a couple of coaches at Crawley Athletics Club. Okay. So. I joined Crawley AC, started throwing the javelin again, and I was the oldest one there, training with like wow. youngsters, and I loved it. But what happened is that I injured myself because I wasn't a teenager anymore. Um, you know, my throwing arm, my shoulder wasn't as flexible. Right. Um, and I en ended up injuring my shoulder. So oh, my no. jab coach said to me, Anila, 
get to the gym, start strengthening your shoulder, start you know, improving your flexibility, um, and then let's get this back on the road. Right. That's what I did. I hit the gym. Lo and behold, uh, my personal trainer in the gym took me to that part of the gym that I most... Avoid. I, I, yeah, yeah, where the barbells are, where the dumbbells are, they're really heavy weights are. He yeah. took me to that part of the gym and I was kind of sitting there kind of going, Ooh, what are you doing? Where am I going? And the very first squat I did was 50 kilos, which was my body weight, just, just slightly under my own body weight. Okay. And he said to me, Anila, do you realize that you are freakishly strong? <laughs> Some people would be offended by that, freakishly. <laughs> I was like, okay, what does this mean? He goes, well, I just do me another three reps. I'm like, okay. And that's where it started. And um, I went back to my jav coach and he said, well, Anila, you're kind of better at the lifting than you are javelin. You better switch sports. <laughs> and I remember oh, being wow. so upset, thinking, yes, but javelin's my first love. And he goes, Anila, I am so impressed what's happening in the gym. Crack on with that and then come back to me later if you want. Anyway, that's what happened. And wow. so I ended up doing my first competition in 2016, powerlifting, because okay. my coaches just trained me and trained me and I loved it and I got addicted and yeah, addicted yeah. and it's numbers and I want higher numbers and you carry on. And that was where it started. Wow. wow. 2016, your first competition. So four years later kind of thing. It took me four years. So I did the javelin for a little while. Um, and at the same time I was doing JAV training at Crawley AC, I took part in some master's competitions for Javelin, right. um, all, kind of all around the South. Um, I'm at the Power of 10, I didn't know the Power of 10, so that's like the top athletes, so I'm kind of listed at Javelin um, from then, so I actually did quite wow. well, wow. Um, kind of going back after a few years. And then when lockdown came, when the pandemic came, and my daughter and I were training in our garden, we were doing some exercises and we were on social media, and we were, we train with my javelins so my daughter i've got a, a trainer javelin i've got a full uh, full-on jav i've got three of them and my daughter and i were doing some drills in my garden and it got noticed by tessa sanderson oh, and we ended up being in the local paper and tessa tweeted us saying you've actually inspired me to train with my own children in my own garden during wow. lockdown um, and I just thought, you know, out from the pandemic, that was the really big thing that my daughter, my family and my friends remember that the exercise, kind of inspiring my children to exercise in the garden. It's such, it's such an important thing. Isn't it? We said, obviously, I've got twins as well. And I think I, I, sport has given me so much. Like, yeah. oh, I played football at a reasonable level and I played all different. So I was one of them kids at school. I was swimming, I was karate, anything. I loved it. But my kids are only seven, but they're not as much into it. I just know how much value that sport gives you growing up and the absolutely. opportunities it creates and stuff like that. It's great to do stuff with them. And, and absolutely. Like it's that. the feel good. For me, it's about um, how something makes you feel. Yeah. And I'm very much about that. From a very early age, my father, who got me into javelin actually he's not a very early age he's very sporty and he was into weightlifting he was a bodybuilder so and, and coming from a pakistani background for a pakistani father to encourage his daughter to um go into sport yeah. and to keep improving is quite unusual and i was very very fortunate that my father could, was very open-minded, was a very modern Muslim man, and um, he could see the talent within his eldest daughter and me and nurtured that, and I think from a very early age, that's where it comes from, the drive that I have very much. I am my father's daughter, and that's where it comes from, and that's what I try and instill and try and show my own kids that actually if I see that they're good at something, then that's what you need to nurture and support because there's no point you know, kind of encouraging them to do something that perhaps they're not interested in, or they yeah. have mm -hmm. no talent or natural skill. It's your natural ability. And I really do believe that everybody on this planet is good at something. And it's if you're fortunate en enough to, um, to have that recognized, either yourself or someone else to recognize that and then to encourage you to follow that and to do more with that natural talent. I think that's where possible luck. I don't. I'm not really a believer in luck, but I think that's where luck possibly right can time, come right in. Place sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So with yeah. me, it's my father, and so you know that for me was the breaking the barrier um, to you know the whole kind of Muslim female yeah, yeah. being brought up in an Islamic household, and um, you know I was odd. I was seen as odd and different when I was, was growing that, up. Was that frowned upon then, like by maybe the community or? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I would say there was a bit of an attitude because with some of the circle, yeah. 
um, from in, I was brought up in, in a place called Sutton in South London, and oh, I we used were, to work there. Do you, uh, do you remember the Eagle Star Building yes. at the end? That's where I worked. Hey, there you go. <laughs> it's, not, it's not there anymore, is it? No, it's gone. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's flats now. I think. Ah, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's changed a Sorry. lot, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're reminiscing, reminiscing. Yeah, totally yeah, reminiscing. Know, yeah, that's what this is, this is about. But it's one degree of separation, isn't it? Now, so yeah, there's yeah. always there's a connection all, that we'll all that we'll all yeah, have. Yeah. But yes, it's um, it was it was an interesting time because my 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 mum is more traditional. Right. My mum is more um, probably a little bit more you know kind of religious and a bit more traditional. As my father was a very modern Muslim man. You know, and so um, bringing us up, the three of us, I've got a brother and a sister. We kind of had, I suppose, the best of everything, best of both worlds. Yeah. But it was often a bit confusing for us. And I did have an identity crisis. So, you know, doing the sport that I was doing, you know, throwing, you know, throwing the javelin sprint. I sprinted as well. I'm a runner. Mm. Um, I don't like long distance. I cannot do long distance for me is more than no 100 meters. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> So it's 100, 100 metres for you. 100 metres for yeah. me, yeah. You know, anything more than that and I can't cope. But me, I'm a, I'm a very dynamic individual in terms of like movement and sports. So things like squash, sprinting, javelin, those quick speed, you know, X... Half a, oh. 100 metres, go on. Oh, I haven't done it recently. All right, she's going to say 9.9. <laughs> like Sorry. No, no, not no, not that. I think I think my fastest would have been about 17 seconds. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, year, that was years ago. Yeah. That was years ago, but yeah, um, the sport, yeah, you would have to wear, you know, the kit that you wear as well for doing athletics, you know, for a, a young girl, you know, wearing yeah. the gym briefs and the vest yeah, tops, sure. yeah, yeah, being a Pakistani female, that's um, kind of frowned upon. And yeah, I know my mother struggled with that side of it. Yeah. I and mean, you had my father that was, yes, but she's good and she's going to win medals. And he was very competitive. That's where I get yeah, it from. Yeah, for me, it's all that. about winning. Right, okay. okay. It makes me a terrible parent. <laughs> <laughs> Competitive mum on the well, sidelines. It's interesting because what's your take? Because there's obviously, maybe it's quite a narrative out there and, and uh, around with, with kids in schools and stuff now that it's just a taking part and it's not about winning and losing. What, what's your sort of take on what's that? What's my take on that? Yes. I think if um, my children, I am competitive and my kids know that, yeah. um, you have to be careful with children. Yeah. You know, I've had some parental training as well. I've been on courses and things because mm. it's all just really useful as a parent. And I think you have to just be a little bit more mindful when you're talking to children and the words that you use and the tone because from a very early age, you can really affect them yeah, and yes. what they feel about themselves. So although I'm very competitive and it is about winning, I'm an adult and I can deal with those emotions and that, that you know, that laser focus that I have. I can manage that. Children can't. So for me, um, they know I'm competitive. They know I'm in it to win it. Yeah. Always, whatever I do. Okay. Otherwise, I can't. There's no point in me getting up out of bed in the morning yeah, yeah. and get go for my training because I'm in it to. And it's competitive with myself. Yeah. Powerlifting is an individual sport. Yeah, it's not course. a team sport. Yeah. So it's it's a different thing, and it is all about me, me. You know, this is what I'm going to achieve, and mm. I'm going to do it because I've got a plan in place, and I follow that. And it's all about that consistency and that prep and that planning, and that's where it comes from. Um, so with my children. Um, I, if they have been training, like my son is very sporty. My son is very mm. similar to myself. So he's naturally a sports, a natural sports person. Yeah, he's sure. got a natural, he's got a fast uh, throwing arm. So like we can see that, you know, he can chuck stones at Brighton Beach. Literally, he can hit the pier. He could be on the, he can literally be on, um, you know, the, 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 the seafront and he can lob, you know, the West Pier and he can literally lob the pillars from wow, afar yeah, you know okay. he's that fast um if Cricket. you've been training and you're training for a competition you're in it to win it and i tell them that you know yeah. do it for yourself you know um but yeah but you just be a bit careful uh, it's really i find it really interesting because i'm similar but i think is it are you okay with you if you didn't win but you know that 100 you've, you've done your best if, and and the same with your kids it's not i've got that sort of as long as it, Yes. As long as you give 100%, yes. and I can see you give 100%. And you can't give any more. And you can't give any more. Yeah. Give any more. Yeah. There might be someone faster or stronger yes. or whatever than you yes. at that particular moment. It doesn't mean that winners lose, whatever that looks like, but it means you just got to you can train harder because you can get there. You've just got to train harder Absolutely. potentially and, and have that focus. But as long as you know you've given it your 100% best, I'm okay with that. If, and I hope that's what The answer is yes. The answer yeah. is yes, absolutely. I think for... for 
I think there's there's always um, learnings, isn't there? Yeah, of course. We know that through failure there is a learning and I think it's just instilling that in the children, isn't it? And I think my, my kids do beat themselves up quite a bit. You know, they always want to succeed. Yeah. They might be getting that from watching mum um, because I, I do get uh. frustrated with myself uh, when something doesn't quite go to plan. And it does happen, you know. In fact, when I'm training in the gym, I train to fail. You know, I am there to fail. We build muscle through failure. Yeah, so you break down the muscle yeah. and I train to hypertrophy and that is breaking, you, you're basically training as, as, as heavy and, and as, um, you know, as, as much as you can to fail in the gym. So if I'm doing five reps and I fail at three, it means I've really pushed myself, which is where I need to be. So if I'm not failing that weight, it means I've not pushed heavy enough. Love that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get my head around that. Just the, mm-hmm. the, the, so if you wanted to do five and you got to three, yeah, what are you saying that I I just lost on that bit? Could, Sorry, okay. could, because of the, I get uh, because of the heaviness of the weight, yeah. you want to push yourself to to failure, so you can't you physically can't lift anymore. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah of course, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's what it's about. So, so go as far as you can go. Absolutely, and I think not every session can be to failure okay. because you're with powerlifting, you, it's, it's the whole body that you're using. Yeah. It's raw power. It's complete, utter raw strength that you're using for your whole body, the whole body exercise. That's why they're amazing for exercise. You almost don't need to do anything else in the gym right. other than the three power lifts. And you know, do that for 45 minutes and your body shape will change, you will lose weight, your metabolism will shoot right up, your adrenaline is rushing through your body, your hormones have been released. Um, Powerlifting is incredible, and that's the main reason why I do it. I don't do any other exercise other than powerlifting, and I think the whole kind of failure side of it that you mentioned there, Lawrence, and I think that's a really good thing that you've raised because, you know, there is a bit of um, confusion around powerlifting and weightlifting and bodybuilding. Yeah, you know, yeah. what, are, what aren't they the same thing? I yeah, get asked. I was going to ask you that. People often yeah. say, oh, here's Anita the weightlifter. And I'm like, oh, I'm not I'm not a weightlifter. I'm not a, definitely not a bodybuilder yeah. either. But there's a bit of all of that that comes into play with powerlifting. And that's why it's a beautiful thing mm. uh, because it brings all of it together. So with... Um, so just to explain the difference between powerlifting yeah, yeah, yeah. and do. weightlifting. Yeah, yeah. So bodybuilding, I think we all know, the bodybuilding yeah. is isolating individual muscles in the body and building them up. Yeah. Um, you know, So you break them down to build a muscle. Okay. You basically break that muscle down. The body then starts repairing itself and it brings muscle. It kind of builds muscle on top of it okay. and it builds, it grows. So you okay. break the muscle to build it and make it bigger. That's bodybuilding. So with powerlifting and weightlifting, so powerlifting, there are, it consists of three lifts back squat, the bench press, and the deadlift. With weightlifting, you have two lifts. You've got the snatch and you've got the clean and jerk. Right. So the snatch is the kind of the full fluid fast movement. Okay. From the floor, yeah. up, yeah. descend, and then up over your right. head. That's the which snatch. you see in the Olympics. Right, okay. Clean and jerk is the slightly slower one where you just, it's in two parts. So the clean and jerk is you lift it off from the ground, bring it up, stop, not reset, but you're kind of, slowing down and then you're pushing it up right. that's the clean and then the jerk yeah. so that's weightlifting and that's right. in the olympics it's okay. olympic sport yeah powerlifting is not an olympic sport it's too close to weightlifting and never will be in yeah. the olympics I, I don't think so powerlifting is the three lifts and powerlifting is um slower there's slower movements and although weightlifting is technically more complex yeah. it just is they are technical you can recover from weightlifting faster than you can recover from powerlifting because powerlifting is slower and because it takes longer you're you're putting your body you're exerting your body for a longer period so it takes you longer to recover okay so um powerlifting can take longer to train for as well because there's more moves there's three moves not two so it's generally um yeah just to put that into context in terms of speed of execution for weightlifting if you you are like maximal um uh snatch for example for the speed so the snatch is from the ground pull it up over that can be anything from like two to two point um two seconds per meter to do that movement in powerlifting it's about 0.3 seconds because it takes longer So there's a massive difference there with the speed of the two. Okay. So I flummoxed you both there. No, no. no, (laughs) no, no, You're thinking about it. You talk about the three disciplines for for powerlifting. 
and you were you were very good um, doing the the, the um, sh kind of giving me an idea of what you were talking about with the weightlifting. Um, but can you can you sort of use your hands to show me what what the, you the mean power by lifts. the power, power lifts? Power yeah. lifts. So the um, interestingly, power lifts are movements that you will do every day. Okay. In everyday activities, but mm. you obviously don't think about it. Yeah, sure. And there's a few videos on TikTok and YouTube of like some personal trainers that are like, you know, literally showing you mm. like when you're bending down, lifting, reaching for things, you know. So, power So, the back squat is when you have the barbell on your shoulders, on the right. back, behind your right. neck, yeah. sitting on, on your shoulders. Right. You're holding it and you basically squat down with it. Okay. And you come back up. Okay. Right, yeah. That's basically a back squat. So okay. you've got the heavy raw weight on your back yeah. and you have it balanced okay. on your shoulders yeah. and you move down, mm. hold, move back up. So that's a back squat. Okay. And, and then the, be the bench press is when you're lying down flat on yeah, your back. Yeah. Um, your feet are kind of flat on the floor. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the rack above your shoulders and you basically unrack it, bring it down to your chest, yeah. hold, for a moment, for a second or so, and then push it back up. Right. Okay. 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 And then you've done that one. Done that one. <laughs> so you would have done. You yeah. tell me you've been in yeah. the gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Selfies. <laughs> You're both thinking about it. Yeah. Like, what have I done? What have I done? Yeah. And then the deadlift is the one where it's literally, you know, that is the, the weight is just flat. The barbell um, is is on the ground, and you're basically just lifting it off the ground, bringing it up to just above your knees. Hold. Put it back down. Okay. Okay, right, okay. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, no, right. no, I, it seemed like another lifetime that, but in my late twenties, when I was playing football, sort of seven fish, I got into the gym Everybody quite a lot, done. and I've done a, got yeah. into quite a bit of weights and stuff, and uh, I, I loved it. it same sort of thing. I just that, it's addictive, it's, it's isn't so, it, Sam? It's, it's so addictive, addictive yeah. because I'd, I'd trained all my life, like running and like I said, all different types of sport. But it wasn't until I'd done, I probably had about three years where I was in the gym all the time yeah. and watched what I ate and stuff. And I was, and I got in such great shape. Like, and you, your body changes, like you say. Where, yeah. Whereas anything else, I'd, like I said, I've run all my life, never really had any difference in you. But as soon as you mm. start sculpting, you do, you mm. know, you say different. I've got, yeah, like you said a bit of detail, but I loved it. It was such a, yeah, yeah it's an amazing thing. It's, like, it's interesting what you say, Sam, because when you start to see results, like anything in life, mm. when you, Take action, and you see a result off the back of taking that action. It once you makes you want to do it again yeah. and more, do it more. Yeah, yeah. it's quite a simple yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, I try and simplify everything. You know, I always talk to people, and I don't mean to insult anyone. Like I'm talking to kids because kids actually they kind of get it, and if you break it down, they're kind of like, right, I get that, I can do it. Mm. And that is in life. I just think you want to empower people to think, yeah, I've got that, I get it, I'm going to do it. Because yeah. a lot of us will put a barrier in place, we'll set a limit, and often that limit, you're setting it yourself, not anyone else, you are. And I've learned this is everything I talk about when I do my talks, when I chat to, the, when I go to schools, when I talk to my team at work, when I talk to friends, you know, I'm often talking from my own experience. I try and practice what I preach. I'm very much about that because I work in PR, you know, and I will say it because I work in PR, you know, there's a lot of people that talk the talk, you know, it's the industry I work in, yeah. you know, so for me, for me to stand out or for me to, for, for, for people to kind of believe in what I'm saying, if I can take action and show them actually I've done it and I've been there, um, I failed multiple times, but I've got back up and I've continued and this was the outcome, then people start to believe you and they actually start believing in themselves. Thinking, well, actually, if Anila has gone through this journey and gone through the strifes, the trials and tribulations of failing, succeeding, there's obviously, you know, there's some kind of, um, it's working. Mm. You know, there's rhyme and reason here and it's working. So actually, I might give this a go. And I love it. I love it when people kind of listen and kind of think they're taking it in and going, do you know, I've always wanted to do that thing and I've just spoke, I've just heard from Anila and I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. I mean, and I've, I've heard, I hear that quite a bit in, yeah. the, in the decades that I've been, you know, working and doing sport and stuff. I've, I've, I've heard this over and over and it's wonderful and that spurs me on. Okay. You know? It's so inspiring to hear because I think, and I think that certainly I, I talk about failure a lot. I've, Done a couple of talks on it recently about because I, I what brought me to Brighton originally I ran a hair salon and that closed and it didn't work out and that was one of my learns but I'm, so I find it fascinating to because the things you learn from failure is yeah. you know what it's, it's more it's not failure it's feedback isn't it and that's the and that's totally. what you take it on but Absolutely. I'm keen to like just listening to you you talk now like your relationship with failure like do you not fear it then is it is the 
I think because that's what holds a lot of people yeah. back, isn't it? It's that fear. It is that fear, Sam. Absolutely, it is the fear. And I think I, yes, I've been really fearful, mm. you know. Um, and I think, and again, I know I keep talking about it, but it's so relevant. And I want us adults to be children again, be a child again, because children don't have fear. I see mm. it in my kids every day. Um, I was just talking to Lawrence earlier about my son who broke his collarbone um, uh, on sports day, not at sports day, but after sports day, um, a few weeks back, two weeks before our holiday to Turkey. And I've just come back from holiday. And my son kind of, you know, he, I watched him and I just thought, you know, if that was an adult, we'd be like, you know, huffing and puffing over it. And, you know, we'd be in, laid up in bed and saying that we couldn't do this, can't do that. And you know, children just crack on and get get on with it, yeah. which he did. You know, yeah. he was on he was on those water slides. He shouldn't have been, um, but he was, that and he bad. was fearless yeah. with a broken collarbone. And I just, my husband and I watched him, and we were in awe of him. Although I was a bit paranoid about his shoulder, yeah, and that he yeah, should. Yeah. I still thought, you know what? That you know, let as adults. I mean, my talks, I, I do talk about this. You know, be I encourage, you know, encourage um, adults to be children again. Think like a child, behave like a child. It's okay. It's honestly, it's okay because everything and anything goes today. In the world we now live in, you can pretty much get away with anything. So don't be embarrassed. Actually, if you are embarrassed, what the hell? What's the worst that is going to happen? And I think for me, again, it it is about integrity. I have a business. I have an agency. I work with some global brands. So I have to be, you know, a little bit sensible about what I'm doing. But equally, you know, the people that I work with know Anila. They know me. They know what I'm about. They can see what I'm achieving. Um, They can see my journey because I kind of vocalize it. I talk about it more. And I love to share my story because when people hear it, they then start to feel like they can do too you know it is a yes it's not a no and that barrier that you put up yourself because it is you that's putting that barrier there believe you me when you really break it down that any barriers that you see that are in front of you that barrier and it's a physical barrier which then is obviously difficult but it usually be a barrier that you've set up probably over years thinking i can't do this Yes, you can. You know, there is a way over it, around it, through it, under it. There is a way around that barrier. You have just got to find it. And I think one one bit of advice that I kind of have learned over the years is that don't do it alone. The way, the reason that I am succeeding, and I'm kind of comfortable saying that now, I wasn't for a long time, and it's only because my mentors are telling me, you know, you are successful, Anila, believe it. Because even I've had doubts. Am I successful, Really? It's the whole imposter syndrome. It is. It's, it's, Absolutely. It's a, it's a, a buzzword it uh, or phrase at the moment, isn't it, about imposter It is. But, but we all suffer from it, I guess. We all suffer. But doesn't it make a difference when somebody else says to you, how great are you? Mm-hmm. You know, that for me, you know, even just being invited here today to talk to you, you know, it's given me a lift. Mm-hmm. Even someone like me that, you know, you look at me and you think, you know, okay, she's won an award and she's done this, she's done that. I still feel it. I still Mm. feel like I'm not doing enough. Mm. I still feel like that. And that comes from being very driven. I'm very goal driven. My life is about having goals. Mm. Talking of awards, you've obviously represented Great Britain powerlifting. Um, Tell me about the awards you've won. Awards, you know, because so. they've you've 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 you seem to have got an award every every year since <laughs> since since time began. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I love that. Uh, a large trophy cabinet. A large trophy cabinet. <laughs> oh, yeah, they 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 they're just they're just coming along. It's okay. great. You know, I've been working hard. You know, I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm not a youngster anymore. I've been around a little while now, so I suppose <laughs> it's a result of all the years of hard work, is how I put it. You know, I've been working really really hard since I was very young. You know, I started working when I was 15. You know, I literally got a newspaper around and didn't stop working after that. Yeah. So I've worked really, really hard. Um, so for me, I think the powerlifting, um, I have got some amazing coaches. So they have pushed me and pushed me and yeah, pushed yeah. me. Without them, I wouldn't have achieved. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. wouldn't. Um, so the powerlifting, I have yeah, broken some, some records. Yeah. Um, after COVID, a two-year break from powerlifting to come back training in February this year and only having six weeks to train because my coach said, right, you're getting back into this girl. We want to get you, um, do the qualifier, qualify, get the minimal that you need to qualify, which I got. I, I kind of totally blitzed it and did really well with the qualifying number. 
got that, um, made it, um, kind of won, won the qualifier, got first place, which qualified me for Team GB for the Worlds, um, which is on the 9th of September. So I have... Um, I think with when I look back um, over the last few years, I, let's say prior to COVID, I think I've won um, various powerlifting um, kind of medals and places, and you know I won I won the worlds um, back in 2018. Yeah. Um, wow. Then I've British. Um, I've how many people were you competing up against in, in the um, worlds? It varies <laughs> um, for each competition. I think it's been anything between three to five. Okay. Um, they're not big numbers because, again, powerlifting and certainly in the masters category that yeah. I'm in, um, there are you know it's broken down into age and weight classes. Right. Okay. So it's really fair sport, which is just brilliant because yeah. it means I'm not competing against women that are perhaps a half my age and double my body weight. Yeah. So sure. with each category, you know, it kind it kind of goes into the open, which anyone can enter. Okay. And you've got the junior, and even the juniors broken down: teen, right. junior, senior, and then you've got the masters one, two, three, four. And I've competed against seventy-year-olds. Okay. Well, not directly compete. You only compete against people that are like in my exact weight class and in the exact age group right. so that means it cuts down the number of people so i'm never competing against 10 20 30 40 people it's never mm. that way but with the world's coming up yeah. i've looked at the list of competitors and there's there must be about 20 25 competitors oh wow so there's going to be a lot from america from india across europe so there it's a, so more and more women are getting into powerlifting and Fantastic. i've seen since 2016 the numbers of each competition are getting higher and higher which is just fantastic and i'm just i just think that's amazing you yeah. know and oh, you know it, yeah i think women in sport in general it's good look we could talk about women in business women in sport as well yes. and i think like people like yourself who inspire more people to do that and that will just come off the back of the lionesses winning the euros which is amazing isn't it like yeah. from, from a sporting perspective and like you know and how much that will inspire the next generation of people to to get women especially to get into more mm. sport and because mm. like you said there a lot a lot of women maybe stop getting into business getting into sport because of barriers that they put in front yeah or they are, are there that, that you know maybe stop them Yes. What's yeah. what's I mean? Because we sorry to go back. We 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 talked about the three disciplines. Which one are you? Is there is there one that you're better at than? This is a great question, Lawrence. Great. Okay. I get okay. no. This is great. Well done, Lawrence. Um, well, done. well done, Lawrence. You score points there. <laughs> yep. So bench press is my nemesis. Right. Bench press. I've got. I'm quite. My upper body's fairly weak. So for me, that's the one. When we talked about failure, that's what I fail with bench press. So lying, you know, lying horizontally and having a bloody heavy weight that yeah. you've then got to lower down onto your yeah, chest. Yeah. You've got safety issues. You've got the whole, your traps, um, your back, your neck, your everything, your delts, everything there, your triceps all come into play. And I have found as I've got older, building up my upper body, it's actually been quite tough for me because as you get older, building muscle, you know, you, it's harder. It's much harder, you know, to build those muscles. So bench press for me has been the one I've been for six years now, been trying to really nail. And it's hard. Powerlifting takes years. If you're not naturally strong, it's hard. So, um, for, for, so, so the way that it works is that what you aim for with each of the lifts is that with um, bench press, if you are bench pressing your body weight, you're nailing it. Right, okay. Okay. With a back squat, you want 1.5 times. So one and a half times your body weight right, you want okay. to squat. And with deadlift, you want to do double your body weight. Right. So that's what you're always aiming for. So with my body weight, um, I've gone up uh, a weight class because I'm, I'm slightly bigger at the moment. So I normally compete in the 56 kilo category. So anything okay. between 52 and 56 kilos. And that's what around eight stone. Okay. Eight stone. So you're looking at at trying to lift you can then work out what numbers you need to get oh, for each one and i'm nailing it for each of them and actually for bench press um i got a 55 kilo bench press um which is my body weight at the um at the british so okay. it's taken me a long time to do it but i've done it so for oh. me that that's the one the Fantastic. one that i always pull out thank you the one that i always seem to pull out of the bag um <laughs> is the deadlift right and my British record is 120 kilos for that at a body weight of, what was it? I think I weighed in at 52.5 kilo body weight. Okay. And I got 120 kilo deadlift. Wow. wow. 
So for being in the master's category, I think master's two, body weight, being quite a low body weight, so I managed to cut um, and then to lift that. Um, I'm quite happy to tell you as well that um, I uh, peed myself on stage as well. <laughs> oh my God. I wasn't expecting that. I know you weren't. Oh my God. And anyone that's listening to this that does powerlifting will be absolutely cheering me on when they hear that because any powerlifter that wets himself on stage lifting a weight means that you have absolutely pulled it out of the bag especially for a female and I didn't know that until it happened because my kids were watching me they always watch me at my competitions and they were like oh mummy what's happening (laughs) (laughs) and I was getting cheered there's a video somewhere embarrassingly where people are cheering in the audience and my coach is going yes come on Anila and I'm pulling 120 kilos which I'd never done before and I pulled it out of the bag um, at the British Championships in 2019 and I did it and I never thought I'd ever do 120 that for me was a bloody heavy weight but what you're doing for for a female where you're having to You've got to t- your whole body has to yeah, tighten sure. up to a point that you just you never put yourself in that yeah, position yeah, yeah. where you've got to get your breathing just right. Mm. So you inhale, you exhale, the timing, mm. the the way you hold the weight, yeah, yeah. the way you're focused, what you're thinking, and it's all happening quite quickly. Mm. So it's all over in less than a minute. Right. Less than a minute. The whole thing from when they call your name yeah. to when it's finished, that whole is less than a minute, and the actual pull itself is over in seconds. Wow. It's all happened very quite quickly. You've got to pack a lot in and it's got to be technically absolutely so precise mm. to where your fingers are on the bar, mm. to how tightly you're clenching, to where, you know, even where you're looking, where your neck is, your head is, where your shoulders are. Have you retracted? Have you pulled your, are you listening to the commands? Right. If you don't listen to the commands correctly, you'll fail. You get the three red lights. You've got to get all three white lights. Um, it's, it's hard. There's a lot going on. So with all that going on, Plus, you're competing with yourself and thinking, right, I've got to hit the number. I'm going to get this. You know, your body's just going into overdrive. So then to go and, you know, your body then reacts, doesn't it? And you don't know what's going to happen. So for that to happen to me on stage, I didn't know that was going to happen. But um, it happened and I got the lift and I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. You certainly (laughs) left everything on the stage. And I wasn't the only one. So, you know, it happened to, you know, all the best lifters, you know. And this was 2019? This is 2019. Yeah, and that was the deadlift of 120. And that was the British record. So, um, yeah, we have to see what happens at the worlds i mean i'm now in a, i'm slightly heavier so in theory i should be lifting slightly heavier weights now but obviously i've not been training i've been properly out for like the two years although i've been back this year right. i actually feel as though i'm not at the level that i would need to be mm. to you know to do the best that i can really that i know well. i can do at the worlds but you know what you asked me the question earlier about you know you know it, doing the best that i can do yeah. well that's what i'm going to go and do yeah. I know that if I'd had, if I'd been training at the level and the, and the, and the amount that, that I would normally do running up, you know, leading up to a world championships, mm. I might have been able to kind of set my numbers slightly higher than perhaps what I'm setting for September. And that's in the back of my mind, slightly frustrating me yeah. because I've been yeah. out for like two yeah, years yeah. properly. Yeah, so yeah. I normally train four to five times a week, but with wow. going back into my business with my kids starting different schools, mm with life just being really yeah. even more it's full on harder. it's a bit harder yeah what's well i mean sorry sam Go on. um you you're most you you've you've had a lot of awards you've broken a lot of records we're talking about the event coming up in september but i suppose what's been your standout moment you know you were right you're writing a book about you know anila rose's life as a power lifter what what's been the standout moment so far for you was it that moment on stage I think it is. Yeah. That is that is the That's moment. The one. That that is the one. The 120 kilos yeah. for me at the body weight. So it's not just the 120. Yeah. It's everything else around that. So it's the the training up to it. It's the diet for yeah. me. The diet being able to cut. So what you do. There's the particular way that we um, to 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 be a powerlifter at the level I suppose that I'm at now and that I've become over yeah. the years. It's various things that lead up to that. So for me consistency the diet but it's the attitude without attitude you're never going to succeed and that goes with anything in life not just powerlifting attitude get forget almost forget your diet forget your you know your training your attitude 
And if, you know, for me, I, I am so laser focused. I cannot tell you, you know, when I commit to something, when I've... Um, when, I, when there's something that I want to achieve, no matter what it is, it might just be like a small thing that I want to achieve that day, I will get that done and I'll make it happen. I'm just yeah. one of these people. You know, it's how I am wired. And I think we're all wired slightly differently. Yeah. And, you know, some people say to me, you know, God, how do you fit it all in? How do you do it? And I find it a very odd question because I don't think about it. I just do. And it's just how I am naturally. Yeah. So... Um, you know, that for me, you know, to, to, to kind of to go back to your question, Lawrence, I think the standout moments, yeah, leading up to that 120, there was a lot around it. Right. That was me wanting to absolutely come away from that competition with a story to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to, there's a moment that I know when someone asks me a question, it's that one that's going to come out. And right. that is the one. I just go 120. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Of course. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, the, the diet I had to cut, I, I wanted to weigh in at a low body weight. Mm. So I cut and I cut. I'm not naturally 52 kilos. I'm not, but I weighed in. I cut so much. I think I lost about, must have been about six kilos of body weight. I think I lost within a fortnight. Wow. And there's a particular wow. technique that you can use that powerlifters use. It's all to do with water loading. And it's right. all about, you know, kind of your calorie load and then your cut and mm. timing and what you eat. Very, very <clears> precise <throat> And that's so that, that, hard. Yeah. I was going to say, that alone, like, are you a bit of a food? Do you like food? I love my food, that, yeah. yeah. So, so that yeah. alone is a difficult thing It's really hard. Do, it? yeah. But how great do we feel when we've nailed a diet? Uh, yeah, Anybody yeah, on yeah, this yeah, planet, yeah. when you've nailed a diet, you're yeah, like, yeah. you know, gosh, yeah. you know, that's, um, that's a big deal. So to nail your diet, yeah. to nail your schedule, to nail your whole life, you know, to fit my training in amongst my business, yeah, my kids, yeah. you know, man managing my health. So making sure it's not detrimental to my health. And that's a really big deal, isn't it? Because when you are dieting, it affects how you feel. Yeah, yeah. It just does, you know, your hormones, especially for females, you know, and I'm, um, you know, at the moment I'm kind of perimenopausal. So I've kind of got my hormones are kind of all over the place. And I'm having to manage that at the moment on top of everything else that's going on in life and the fact that I'm competitive with myself and oh there's just so much going on you know that you yeah. think oh um okay so I've got to just break this down prioritize and I'm a very scheduled person I have to be yeah of course yeah. you know and um once it's kind of in my diary in pen I'm still a Filofax girl, so everything's kind of written yeah, down yeah, in my Filofax yeah, as well yeah. as my smartphone and on my yeah, computer. But once it's written down and it's scheduled, it happens. Yeah. Unless there's an emergency. Emergencies don't happen that often. Yeah. That that activity that's in my diary that I've scheduled in will happen. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's, su that's such a structured like, and, and must help you, not just with sport, but within your business as well. Like, that one, the drive and determination, that positive mindset that you've clearly got, but to be that focused to like you said to achieve those goals like, yeah it's yeah. it's, well, it's really inspiring and it's amazing to listen to but to, like we always the reason we started this podcast was the, the whole business and sport and the, the yeah. stuff that you can take from sport into mm. into successful businesses so and yeah. that and that's a brilliant point actually sam about the whole transference from sport to business and i didn't really know about this until i started my powerlifting you know because i've Obviously, I'd had, I've started, I became self-employed in 2004. Yeah. After working for different companies, I then kind of set up on my own. I was a freelancer in 2004 and I didn't really have a business plan and I just kind of like threw myself into it and I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. I didn't even know what to charge. I didn't have to get a new, <laughs> I knew nothing and I just thought, you know, I'm going to give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? I'll always find a job in marketing or I'll just find a job somewhere. I'm kind of one of those people, I'm a bit gung-ho and a bit adventurous. I just give it a go and um, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, I like taking risks. And, you know, you kind of, you just kind of go with the flow of things, don't you? And I didn't really know about sport. I'd always gone to the gym, um, but I didn't know about strength or anything like that. That just wasn't on the agenda. And you kind of just, life just evolves. And that journey you go on, you just kind of deal with whatever comes along. Um, but it's when the sport started happening on a serious level and how it was making me feel. And I am very much go with, you know, how I feel about something. Um, and in business, a lot of the stuff I do is around gut feel and you talk to different entrepreneurs and CEOs about it. And I think the more, you know, I'm living my life, you know, every day and the more people I meet and, um, you know, kind of a lot of agency owners that I meet and I've got some friends that own some very successful big agencies. I can see that there seems to be two different camps here. 
you get the the CEOs and the owner managers that are very that they've got their business plan and it's set in stone and it's you know it's very very prescriptive it's very financially driven and it's very you know um, orderly planned it's almost textbook and this is the way you do it you've got to have your business plan for the next six months eighteen months five years you know your succession yeah. planning you get out all of that's all structured and da 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 great. It's financially driven. You've got your number, everything's in place. And then you've got the other camp. And I think this is where I sit, where it's a lot more about your feeling, your gut feel. You go with what you know, who you know, and kind of it's more not emotionally driven. Because I wouldn't say I'm emo an emotional business person, although mm. that does come into it. Of course yeah. it does. It's more about what you feel is right for you at the time. And it's always evolving. So I, I have, of course, I've talked about structure a lot. So I have, I have to have structure. Mm. And I have it for my business and I have it for my sport. And my personal life is slightly different. There's structure, but not like the other two. Yeah. But I'm very much about right, what is happening kind of right now, here and now. Let's go with that and let's follow that kind of structure. But it's got to be agile and you've got to move with it because things change and people change. Mm. Yeah. And I think with the whole COVID and lockdown situation, that's brought it to the fore, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And people, and I think learning, and I've learned a lot, you know, I've made loads of mistakes in my business over the years, particularly with people, you know, and I'm I'm kind of happy to say, and I'm, I'm, I'm very honest about it now, that I have made mistakes, you know, with, with um, decisions I've made, whether it's recruitment, with people that have worked with me. Um, I made good decisions, bad decisions. I've made some good hires and bad hires, you know, and I think when you talk to any business owner, well, you know, this is what you'll hear over and over. It's really hard running a business, you know, really tough. And I have had to really kind of toughen up. And I think that's where my sport comes in. Yeah. Because the sport, yeah, yeah you know what I I'm saying here. Yeah. yeah. This is where going back to the whole, what I've learned from sport and why, that why I continue to do this sport. I do it for me. I absolutely have to, because if I don't, I will fall apart. Right. I will because I won't be able to cope with what goes on with running a business. Yeah, okay. It's really challenging. It's really hard. Wow, okay. Because I, 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 I'll, I'll really buy into that 100 because I'm I'm assuming like my, I exercise a lot. I'm around most day. I'll go for, I've been sea swimming quite a bit recently and just, but similar running is exactly that. I've been running my own business for nearly 15 years now and it's tough, you know, I, I that people don't see it. We all post on social and we put our highlight reels out there, don't we? That oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this today and it's great. But they don't see the two o'clock in the morning when you're going through the finances, you're going through emails no. and you've got to sort out and stuff. And there's that time. And then like you said, what I'm really interested to talk to you about is the, the, the work-life balance. It's something I've really struggled with and um, on a personal level because I've got two young kids. I said, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. And, and, Interesting. I, I think I read somewhere from something you you spoke about, wrote in the past about that with the sport you treat that like another business. So it's in, in a bit of a structure yeah. in that sense, which I've heard some guy called Rob Starr mention something. Oh, yes, you know Rob yes, from Star Trust. Yes, yeah, he, yes. He mentioned something because he does loads of exercise. He mentioned similar to me as well about you know if I'm going to train for something, then I I structure it. If I was going to start a new business, that's what I do. So. He, that similar but then how does then between that so you've got your own business you've got your sport business that you've set up now that you're you, you're doing it because that's how you're running it but then the family where does that that balance come into it how do how do you do that that's just brilliant sam um really great another really great great question that i do get asked quite a lot so the way that i kind of kind of articulate and explain this so my life is made up of three parts that i've kind of touched on in this this interview so i've got my family and i've got and i could describe it as three cogs so i've got my family's one and i've got my business and then i've got my sport there's three cogs and they're all joined up and um if you take one away everything else falls apart and the reason that is because they each offer me something complementary that then empowers me and helps me drive the other so um and interestingly and if i may say so the middle where it's all joined up it's not me that sits in the middle of all of this and you know that i mentioned earlier about you can't do this alone mm -hmm. you have to have somebody or, or a network or whatever helping you to do this mm -hmm. and that person and it hate me saying this it's my husband mm -hmm. he sits in the middle of this I'm kind of like on the outskirts and he's in the middle because without his support, I wouldn't have the childcare. Yeah. He helps me in my business. 
Um, he's, he's an accountant, so he kind of helps me. Um, and obviously with the family. Um, and, you know, and with my sport, he's the one that, you know, will always come and support me. And he's right there in the front row with the children helping me. Nice. So he's the support mechanism. And the three, um, basically, my powerlifting you need to be mentally strong to power lift. Yes, you've got the physical strength. Of course, you have to be physically strong. But if it goes back to what I was saying about attitude and where you are in your head. And if I, when I go to a training session and if I turn up and I say to my trainer, oh, I'm really tired, I can't do this. He basically slaps me about and kind of goes, get that out of your head and he'll work me even harder. So I've learned now not to turn up and say that. I'm feeling great today. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> I have to go in with the right mindset and I take that into my business and then I'm happier, I'm stronger, I'm more positive and my kids see that and my husband sees that. And so I'm a, I'm a happier, more content, more fulfilled mummy, wife, mm. I'm more relaxed. I'm, I'm, because I'm happier and more positive. So what, what the, the, what these do? My business. I love working. I love. I've always loved working. I'm a really hard worker. You know, and again, that comes from the values when I was growing up as a family. You know, coming from a Pakistani Asian family, we work. We just as 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 as, as a race, kind of like as yeah. a, as, a, as a group of people, we just work really hard. We yeah. just it's within our genes. So I've just always worked really hard. So my kids see that. They see me going to work, loving it. And they've come to work with me as well. Um, and it inspires them. And so it's kind of all interlinked. And I think the, the mental strength that I get from the powerlifting keeps me sh stronger in, at home and happier, which gives us a happier home life. And then my kids and my um, husband are inspired by that. And it makes them want to take part. So my, my daughter's now, she comes to the gym with me. She lifts, she's very, very strong like me. Wow. My, my boy's not interested in weights, but my girl is. So that's why she's done some of the videos with me yeah. and she wants to be a power lifter. You know, she's like a weight lifter as well. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. Isn't it? <laughs> I love that. Brilliant. I love that. Yeah, amazing. I, I, and, and your husband, has he, has he got his own sport? Is he interested in sport or is he? Not at all. No. He's, he's, not, <laughs> he's not interested in the gym at all. Really? Yeah, not at all. Yeah, he not come with it's me. He's not interested. I've got more muscle than him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he Brilliant. is into football. So he's a football coach. Oh, um, yeah, he coaches and um, uh, with, with Burgess Hill uh, Football Club. Oh, okay. And um, my, my boy, our boy is um, part of the uh, team there. So he's part of my husband. Yeah, and my, my boy are into the football, which is just brilliant, and that's great. And my girl's kind of into the into the weight, so I've got a gym at home, so she trains with me, and she's got her own routine. She's just crazy. She just cracks on with it, and she's often got the Alexa playing or a Spotify playing, and with her music really loud in the gym with her headphones and her little kind of kit on. <laughs> she wears my older powerlifting belts, the ones that fit her, and she's just off on one and does her own thing. Wow, <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. Bless her. That's fabulous. <laughs> That's fabulous. Um, where, where do you think where where do you think we're at at the moment? Hey, we've just gone with the flow. Oh, we have gone with the flow. Just want to touch about the way it's listening to you talking about the different disciplines and stuff. There, there is a little, a quick little story I want to sh I want to share. Actually. Uh -oh. <laughs> I, I remember being in the gym and God, I, I got right into it. Like I said, and I, I remember there was this guy that used to go in every morning. So I used to go early right. in the morning. There was this guy. In his seventies, former boxing trainer, right. and um, I think he worked with Nigel Ben back in the day. Wow. He, he, this guy, seventy odd years old, still had a six pack. Brilliant. He was every single morning in the gym, Brian, his name was. I still remember I was there, and and I remember I'd been in. I'd not long started, and I was doing my weights, and I was giving it some. And I remember doing the the, the bench press. I'm on there, and I've, I've seen these guys doing some heavy weight, and I've put a little bit too much on. I'm like, done a couple, done a couple of reps. I've got. <laughs> Got, literally got got it down and nothing left and I've got this weight on top of oh, me and, can't move. and I'm literally I'm like Brian 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 oh, <laughs> this no. is a 72 year old geezer comes over you know Sam little bit heavy there <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, literally I couldn't show me face in there for a couple of days you know you just really oh, I think we have all been there Sam you're not alone all. you're not that's alone yeah. I mean this whole safety thing isn't there with it, is, that? it was it, it was it was stupid of me to put that extra weight but oh. I still I remember telling a couple Good job he was there <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah Brian yeah. to the rescue at sea just walks over one hand he's like you what, right, mate and she's lifting it up I'm like, oh, cheers, cheers, boy. fantastic cheers, boy. Yeah. I had to share that that's brilliant <laughs> I think we've all got a story to tell from the gym, haven't we? There's yeah, always been some always. kind of incident or story, and I love that. 
<laughs> just out of interest, we've talked about all your sort of successes uh, as a power lifter and sort of the weights you've been at and mm -hmm. uh, with how you've been talking and how you've been, you mentally prepare yourself and so on and so forth. I know we've got the world's coming up in, in uh, next month um, and you're kind of obviously not kind of sure how you're going to do for that particularly, but can can you personally go higher each time? Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So, absolutely. I think every, any powerlifter you ask that question will be yes, because powerlifting, that's, it's about numbers. With a, a lot of sports, it's about numbers, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Whether yeah, you're yeah. sprinting, how fast you sprint, football, how many goals, yeah, yeah. you know. Powerlifting is about the numbers. Now, remember, they don't have to be really big numbers, no. just really tiny. So, like, for bench press, it's taken me six years to go from a 40-kilo bench press yeah. to my 55. Yeah, yeah. So, even just putting on 2.5 kilos yeah. or 1.25 kilos, for me, and it's relative to each <clears throat> powerlifter, you know, because every body part, muscle group is different for mm. every human body. So where I, over the years, have been losing muscle, because as you get older, you lose muscle, yeah. I'm having to work even harder to build that muscle. Okay. And that's the challenge that I've got as I get older and every year goes right. past. Am I, but that drives me. Yeah. So then when you tell Anila that she can't do something or something's going to be really hard, you tell me that and I'm going to you work. You go the opposite. I go yeah. the opposite. That, mm. again, it's just how mm. I am. Mm. And I think my coaches, you know, I've got um, I've got two powerlifting coaches. But I train at three different gyms. Um, so my powerlifting consists of um, different types of training. So, you know, I do my powerlifting, uh, a powerlifting specialist gym in Eastbourne, yeah. where I've got, there's a Commonwealth, uh, my coach is a Commonwealth champion. Okay. Um, so he's just incredible. He's been my coach for the last six years. Then I've got a bodybuilding coach who, again, is a, you know, a, a world champion yeah, bodybuilding, yeah. who's a, a gym in Brighton. Okay. And then I've got a third gym, in, again, in Hove, and that's more flexibility and accessory. Okay. work okay so i go to all three to do my different because they're right. all specialists so i don't just go can't just go to one gym yeah. to do everything yeah, yeah. i go to different trainers and so with those um coaches that i have and with my nutritionists as well um that's what brings it all together mm. um and so that's what kind of makes it kind of really work and each time there's a competition each of them knows that i can do a little bit more Right. Because I push myself. And the reason I keep training and doing this is because I want to do better each time. It's not because I'm going to just meet what I did last time. Yeah. That No, I, that won't drive me. Wow. Even if it's just that, sorry, even if it's just that 1.25 kilo yeah. increase, yeah. that is enough for me. Yeah, That's yeah. all it is. We're not talking about doubling. You can't double in powerlifting. It's that incremental. And I've seen lots of powerlifters come and go over the last six years. And I'm still there doing it. It's consistency is key. You, know, you ask me, like, what does it take mm. to be a good powerlifter? Yes, attitude. Consistency. Most people will give up, won't they? Mm. In a lot of things in life. Yeah. So the ones that are at the top of their game are the ones that carry on. Yeah, yeah. Even when they're failing and they're not getting there. Not, and I've been through times where I haven't met the numbers. And I go to the gym going, I'm going to get... You have, I have really bad days sometimes. I go to the gym and I just cannot lift the weight. I've been in tears over it. I have come out really angry that why did my body let me down? Mm. And then once I've calmed down and once the hormones, and once everything kind of like, you know, the adrenaline subsides, all that kind of subsides, you then become more rational. And I think a lot of sports people go through that. Yeah. And you think about the hormones, you know, when you do something um, like this, you know, you've got various hormones that come into play, yeah. don't you? You've got your adrenaline that kicks in. Yeah. You've also got your 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 endorphins that yeah. come to play, you've got your dopamine, your serotonin, all of this comes into play and all at different levels. And I think that's what keeps me going as well. And I think because I am also extra hormonal at the moment because of being female and, and all of that menopausal, I think it it's all just, it's all a bit kind of coming into, and so for me, the worlds, I don't know what's gonna happen because it all depends, you know, how my body, I'm, at the moment it's all a bit unpredictable because right. I'm just at that yeah. time in my life at the moment. And I think that's actually quite exciting as well. So I always try and turn things into a positive and think, okay, I could let that get me down. And I, I've alluded to you that I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do at the mm. Worlds. So that is a slight in the back of my mind. I don't like to be negative. It's not who I am. Yeah. But I'm being realistic and yeah. honest yeah. that there is, I don't quite know how it's going to go, but I'm going to give it everything I've got, yeah. you know, because I get one opportunity to do this. And I'll be kicking myself and hating myself if I, you know, come away thinking, no, I didn't do everything. I'm going to give it everything. And even if I'm in pain, 
I, you know, it's not going to be forever. My body will recover as long as it's all safe, which it will be. I'm going to give it a go because this is my one chance. You know, every day that's going, you know, my might not be morbid, but my life is getting shorter. So I'm going to take every day and achieve something. Yeah, yeah. You Such know, an amazing attitude to hear. And it's, uh, it, again, it's inspiring to listen to that. It's a co- couple of really key things I've taken from what you just said there. One being, I think, like the marginal gains. And I think that... Yeah that in life especially in business as well in, in what we do but when you can relate it to literally just putting that little bit of extra weight mm. on the thing and you look at that and that what you're doing in life absolutely it's Sam. just making those minor changes every single day can yes. improve in yes. some way whether that is your business your health what life yes. whatever that is and that's something so important i think to for people to take away absolutely. and it crosses over into family as well sam so like um, you know you've got kids and i think my kids are at an age where you know they're growing up they're turning into teenagers there's a bit of an attitude <laughs> starting up it's like okay they're bit. pushing their boundaries <laughs> they're talking back to me you know, all of that so i'm having to adjust and i'm trying to think right those are the kind of little changes that i can make so i'm very good at reflecting on myself i'm like do critique myself every day i'll be like how i'll walk away from this interview thinking you know what could i have said or done something a bit better just how i am it's how i improve so i you know with my children particularly and they are you know they're pivotal they're central to my life because they are mini me's and you know they are kind of a result of me so if i'm screwing up and i think a lot of parents you know do for this though we're just not i don't know what the hell i'm doing parenting we don't do we we just crack on every day there is your fingers crossed you know i don't you know don't don't screw up too much with them but you know, I kind of look at them and I kind of think, you know, those little, could I have said something in a slightly different way? So I'm very much about tone, how I look at my children, the eye contact, mm. you know, eyes are everything, you know. I often go down to their level. It's just something I learned years ago, you know, rather than towering over them, I often kneel down. I actually do it in my office with my team as well. It's kind of a running joke. Mm. You know, I often kind of bend down <laughs> and sort of kneel and they're like, yeah, we're not children. <laughs> you are like my babies, you know. Mm. Um, and you can get a different outcome if you make just a slight change in perhaps even a word that you use you know you could get a different outcome to how someone responds to you Mm. and i think it's those what you said sam about those kind of small changes that you might not even think about but if you just take a moment and reflect actually if i looked at that person slightly differently or if i just use a slightly different tone if maybe i took a breath and just speak in a slightly different way I might get a different reaction or outcome as a result of that. And I think that's, again, with the powerlifting, a lot of it's about breathing. If you don't breathe at the right time, if you don't exhale and inhale at the right time, you can't do the lift. Of course. You know, when I do my public speaking, I mentioned it to you earlier. If I, you know, because I do talk quite fast, I mentioned that to you, I get very excitable and very passionate. I want to get my words out. But if I do take a moment just to think slightly about how I'm coming across, and again, that's my PR training, image, all of that, you know, you can get a slightly different reaction from people. Um, And it's the same with my children. So if I show frustration, anger, if I'm negative, um, and my children see that, it makes them feel a little bit down too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how I might feel, sometimes you do have to kind of hide that away yeah. a little bit. So when you said, you asked me earlier about, you know, it's about winning and how do you manage that with your children? You know, I have to be a little bit mindful because I don't want them to feel negative because life's really hard at the moment for that generation yeah, that have gone through COVID, you know, yeah. it's hard. So it is about learning. And I think that's how the three parts of my life, the business, the powerlifting, my family, they are so intertwined and more and more so as time goes on. And I remember when I said to my husband um, just before COVID, after the British Championships in 2019, when I got my 120 and I'd, <laughs> I'd basically, you know, I'd nailed it. The world is my oyster and that's it. Job done. Yeah. I'm going to give up powerlifting now. I said to my husband, his reaction was incredible because <laughs> yeah. I thought he'd say, great. Yeah, let's get our life back. He said the opposite. He said... Amazing. You cannot give up the powerlifting because you, the change I, we see in you and how you are when you come back from training makes our day. 
you know, it you, makes this family complete, you I know. I thought you were going to say it's because he gets you out of the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably that as well, yeah. <laughs> you can't give that up. <laughs> <laughs> That's two hours when you're gone. I'm doing it. This is what I'm going well, to watch what I do. Yeah, yeah. 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 exactly. Yeah. Do you know what? That's probably the reality of it, but he knows to say the right things to me. Yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll take Sorry. that. Yeah, I think that the... Um, I think one of the words he uses, you're less of a bitch when you go powerlifting. Yeah? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh. I, I think something, again, that something key from that is, and I talk about this a lot on the other podcasts as well, about the, the journey, because there, there's always that that feeling of going, oh, you know, like you said, you're very goal-orientated, I want to get to there, I want to get to there. But if you're fixated on that euphoria, and you get there, sometimes that can be a bit of an anti-climax that, you know, we do it, talk about it in business a lot, you know, I'm going to get there and mm. when I've made my first million or made 10 million or whatever, that look, and a financial goal, you get there and it's just an anti-climax because ultimately the way our brains uh, work is that we get to that point and there's always going to be another goal, there's always going to be something. So yeah. as long as you're enjoying that journey and that process. Absolutely. As opposed to... That, that's um, it. It's the journey, isn't it? And that's what my, my trainer would love you. He's <laughs> always talking about the journey, saying it's the journey, it's the journey. So when I failed... Um, the British Championships um, a few months back when I failed the bench press, um, 57.5, I've never done that. And I tried it. So I got my 50, got my 55, you get three attempts. And then 57 and a half is something that I've never thought I'd ever even even attempt. Um, and I failed it. So it wasn't on the agenda to do. So it was like an add-on. Um, but the frustration that I felt that I never got it because I knew I could do it. Every, I've been training really hard. The 55 went up really easily. It was just an extra 2.5. But again, that 2.5 can make a massive difference because sure. you've got to engage particular muscles and slightly different weight. But my head wasn't quite in the game on the 57.5 because oh, um, I knew what the weight was. And I went and I remember sitting on the bench ready. Um, you know, All eyes are on you. You've got the cameras going off. You've got your coach right there. I've got my family there. And it's just like the pressure's on you. You've got pressure on yourself to go and do this thing that you really, 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 really want. And because I knew the weight I'd never done before, that got in the way. And I was there thinking, this is really heavy. I've never done this. It's really heavy. And it's all happening in seconds yeah. in your head. Psychological. It was psychological. Yeah. And that's what I took away from that was psychological. And that because I'm a mental lifter. We're all different in powerlifting, mm. you know, but I, it's been very obvious to my coaches that I'm a mental lifter right. and there are certain words that we use with me or words I'm, they don't want me to use when I'm training, like I've already said, you know, if I feel tired or not in the game or whatever, got, the switch has got to go off in your head and not everyone can do that. Yeah. And I think the sports people that do really well are the ones that they can switch that. Sure. And that's what I'm learning, and that's that's really interesting, yeah. you know. Again, best part of the journey is in the part of that. Part, it is part is, of that journey. Amazing. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. Amazing. What a, what a really fascinating, absolutely fascinating view. Great to chat and so inspiring. Just listening to and just the different parts of your your life and how they sort of all intertwine. But your your mindset, drive, determination, and is absolutely incredible. And. Uh, wish you continued success in the the powerlifting world i'm sure whatever and and obviously in business as well so thank you yeah. very thank much thank you very much for coming in thank, thank you. you thanks for the opportunity it's all right awesome and that is a wrap as they say thank you, thank you.